Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. I am Preston Sharp. I'm sorry today if you hear some background noise. We have a couple of roofs in our neighborhood that are being worked on today at the exact same time, and there's a lot of activity. So if you hear some hammering, that's what's going on. Uh, Today we're looking at Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. And right at the beginning of Romans 13, Paul has dealt with the Christian posture towards governing authorities. And then here there's a shift. He seems to be saying that what matters primarily Even no matter who the emperor is or the governing authorities, what matters primarily is how Christians live in light of who they are in Christ. And ultimately for Paul, what matters is love. At first glance, his words look like a list of moral commands. In fact, some of them are included in the Ten Commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. Yet Paul adds one unique element surrounding the commands. The commandments are summed up in love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Paul couches all the commandments in love. He says we run away from certain things and we run towards certain things because of God's love for us. This means that we're not motivated by shame. We're trying to earn or prove something. We are a people of love. Paul says in verse 11 that the church is to wake up. The night is nearly over. The day has dawned and we're just about to see the light. We live in this in-between time where we know that in Christ the light has dawned, but we do not yet see it fully. But Paul says we have a choice. We can run away from darkness and into the light. We run away from darkness. We run to the light. We run away from things that are not centered on love. God loved us so much that he delivered us. And now we are called to live as delivered people. You can see the connection with the Exodus reading we talked about yesterday. Just as God's people were to eat in a hurry, have this meal of preparation where they could run to their freedom Christians are called to live as a people ready to run into God's new world, as a delivered people to run from our slavery and run towards God's best for us. So the call is never to sit around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for Jesus to show himself in our lives. To do that would be to ignore God's calling to join his work here and now. So our waiting is active. We expect Jesus. Christians affirm that because of Christ's resurrection, the world is now a different place. It's different than it was before. However, most people you meet have organized their lives according to the patterns of the old world. They're asleep to the new world. And the new world is difficult to see. Notice from the reading, he says, the night is gone, but the day is near or at hand. And then he also says, we're to live as if it were day. Well, we want to ask Paul, which is it? Is it night or is it day? Well, the truth is we're on the cusp. We're on the brink. 
It's time to wake up, to get dressed, because we know that God's new day awaits us. It is likely that Paul believed Christ's return would happen really quickly in his time. We wonder if Paul would have ever anticipated the passing of millennia while we still wait. But the length of time doesn't really matter because God doesn't have the same relationship to time that we do. Regardless of the length of time in which we live, we're on the cusp of the new day. The new day itself is assured by the reality of resurrection. The world is a different place. God has already acted once and for all. How do we live by this new world? Well, one way is that we lean in to God's judgment in our lives, which that sounds terrible. <laughs> Rarely do we want to lean into judgment. And I think this is because the reason why it sounds so terrible is because we've been taught to think of judgment as something bad. But judgment is necessary and an appropriate part of God's revealing God's self. If a person goes to the doctor and they desire that, if you go to the doctor, for example, and you want the doctor's work to be actually helpful to you, <laughs> it is necessary to open yourself up to the doctor. For them to look at you, sometimes invasively, and judge what is wrong with you. Now, sometimes this is kind of uncomfortable as the nurse or physician looks in your ears and your nose and your throat. Only something that is revealed can be healed. Judgment is this process of bringing something into the light so it can be dealt with and healed. Judgment is not punishment. It is examining for future healing. Now, judgment freaks us out a little, and it ought to. When a person goes to the doctor, there's always the concern that the person may be sicker than you think they are, that there'll be something seriously wrong with them, and that fear, certain level of it, is appropriate. It keeps us vigilant. It keeps us aware. It's not fear of the doctor. You're not scared of the doctor themselves. It is fear of the state of our own selves. Now, there are other fears that we experience as well. We might be afraid that our doctor is not as knowledgeable as she needs to be. There also may be fear that the doctor will not care in a compassionate way. Part of leaning into God's judgment is reminding ourselves that our physician is the great physician who is not only knowledgeable, understanding every part of our condition, but is the one who walks through it with us, has compassion for us, and cares for us. This is why it's critical we remember the nature of our God and our baptismal identity, why we immerse ourselves in scripture, spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting, gathering Sunday after Sunday, singing songs of redemption and hope and salvation, reciting the creeds, coming to the table, blending our lives together in community, and confessing our sins. We actively choose to daily remind ourselves of who God is and who we are in Him. It's the daily walk of learning to trust in God. And this process is not always fun. It's the narrow road. We run from darkness and run to the light. And Paul here provides some very specific things from which God's people are to run away. I'm reminded of the old show, How I Met Your Mother, 
and there was a common refrain in the show, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. <laughs> Paul lists some things which come as the result of impaired judgment. They are things that literally and figuratively often happen in the dark. People turn to drunkenness when they feel unloved or need escape. And drunkenness often leads to abuse and disrespect towards others. To know love is to put that away. Sexual immorality is not centered on love, but on lust. Finally, dissension and jealousy are not oriented towards love. If we are citizens of a new world, we do not need to fight with one another. These are things that take place in the darkness, but the light has dawned. We put those things away because they are not rooted in light and in love. Instead, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the language of clothing. We are to clothe ourselves in Christ, to put on the clothes of the new day. If you're preparing for a new day, you likely do not wake up and put on your pajamas. It's time to get dressed for the day. God loved us so much, he delivered us. Now we are called to live as a delivered people, to run from slavery, and to run towards God's best for us. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.